Amy Winehouse Rehab, and we are talking how to deal or how drug addiction affects the entire family and how to deal with it um, if you've got a family member that is addicted to drugs. Atimus, it's a sensitive topic. It is a closet conversation focusing on individuals, family, and our societies. Please do interact with us as we are going to be joined by our A-Team coach, Matawe, on 011-714-2006. Alternatively, you can send us an SMS on 41391 or even WhatsApp 0614-104107. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest, uh, Coach Matawe Matsopula, seasoned journalist and editor, uh, an entrepreneur of note, a certified life coach, a speaker, and let me tell you, a very beautiful, dashing soul, uh, inside and outside. Coach Matawe, good evening. Good evening, Patricia. How are you? Strong as always. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. It's good to join you. I'm so glad that you've joined us this evening. Wish you were in studio again. Listen, I miss your energy and your vibe. I'll be there soon. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're speaking about how drug addiction affects the entire family. You know, it's always easy to think that drug addiction or any substance abuse affects just the individual who's addicted to that particular substance. But we forget to think about the family impact and the communal impact that uh, drug uh, or substance abuse has. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, uh, substance abuse or drug addiction, it doesn't only affect that person who's addicted to it. It actually affects uh, the people around that person. Uh, and they've got to live with that person, and it becomes a daily challenge. Because, again, I've got to say addiction is a disease, and it's that disease that that causes changes in a brain. So as a result, because there's a certain change in the brain, uh, this is no longer the person you are used to, in a way. So you've got to daily deal with different challenges that you are faced from behavioral uh, uh, patterns. Sometimes you've got to deal with the, with their moods. Sometimes they even become abusive. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Living with an addict is actually a daily challenge. Not only for the person who's addicted, it affects those that are living with the person. Mm, most definitely. I mean, it's easier when you know that uh, that particular family member or loved one is addicted to drugs because at least you can pinpoint it to something. Others only find out after a long period of time and uh, sometimes the addiction has caused a lot of family problems. Um, yeah. Maybe let's let's talk about how to sess out if someone's on drugs or not uh, via their behavior because, you know, because there's people who would be taking hardcore drugs but wear it mm. so well and maybe the, their bad habit would be um, not having money because they're always spending their money on their expensive drug or, yeah. uh, you know, a, a change of behavior in terms of attitude, becoming more snappy, more violent. So how do we tell? 
And sometimes after they've used their own money, for those who actually are earning a living, they start borrowing money from other people. So they're always indebted. They're always in debt because, remember, addiction is a habit that needs to be fed. So if it's buying of the drugs or it's buying of that thing that a person is addicted to, they will normally be in debt. If it's someone who's not working, suddenly things in the house start missing. Uh, from money, it will start with money. Mm. Uh, let's say you, you, you're putting money somewhere in the house where everybody knows where the money is, and uh, suddenly I'm a hundred rent, I disappear. From mm. there, it starts disappearing like that. The next thing is it's actually household things. They start to sell things because they can no longer get a hold of that money, and uh, the addiction is knocking quite high. So they've got to sell something. They sold clothes, they sold their shoes. They'll start with everything that can be sold. Uh, those are whether it belongs to them or not, for. right? Whether it, whether it belongs to them mm. or not. I mean, we've seen several television programs with parents coming on television crying because their children have sold almost everything in their house because they wanted to go and buy the drugs. And now the neighbor's uh, stuff are also missing, meaning cases are being opened. And besides you as the parent losing your own stuff in the house, you also have neighbors who are losing their things and you've got to pay for those things. So it becomes a habit that it's so it's highly maintained. <laughs> and mm. highly maintained by people things. Uh, the mood changes, as you mentioned, besides the finances. Uh, they just become more moody when they not when they're not fixed. They need a fix. Each time they are in a happy mood, uh, it's because they got a fix. If there is no fix, uh, they just become moody. Some of the people become abusive. Uh, and this is abuse, I'm talking emotional, I'm talking uh, physical, and it can even go to the length of uh, sexual abuse. As we delve into this topic, I'll give a scenario of uh, one of the incidents we came across as we were talking to uh, some of the reformed and those who were still dealing with the, with the whole uh, trauma of being addicted uh, on what uh, it did in one of the boys sexually abusing their own mother. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure, Coach Matel. It's it's a very difficult one. It's a very yeah. difficult one. But we'll get to that uh, incident a bit later. Let me go to a voice note from an A-teamer. Good evening, good evening. Uh, addiction affects the family so much because when it comes to a point whereby an addicted person does no longer have the ability to maintain their 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 addiction, like having no money maybe to to buy whatever substance or whatever they are addicted to, they end up like uh, trying to bother others into them helping them to to be to to be able to get whatever they are addicted to, and then if they don't get that, they tend to steal. They steal from the things in the house to sell at a very cheap price. They don't even care how expensive those assets in the house cost. They just take and then that's a problem because now when you start stealing things in the house, things that are used every day or find that a younger brother steals a sister's phone or a sister's head dryer, anything that they can change for money. And then there's a division in the family. So it really affects the family.
Oh, Miss Nduli, uh, no. the issue of drugs in my community has become worse. You see, uh, we can't even go to work and work properly, you know. Today, even when I'm speaking now, I came at lunchtime. My flat was open, you know. These are youngsters nowadays. It's not, not, um, like for instance our age you see is the youngsters the small kids who leave school they leave school in grade seven grade eight start doing this but i think the measure now is 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 prioritizing subs including subs and catching the people who are selling these particular drugs to people because sometimes you find out they are selling fake, you know, when the young kids are smoking fake drugs, you know. But yeah, it's devastating to see a young child living a life like that, you know. Litakamalitanalona in Pearson. Good evening, A-teamers. Uh, hey, I just hope this guy is not listening. So the dad has been paying money towards the son for three years. And um, all along, he was thinking that uh, the son is adversity. But uh, that final year, the son was at rehab. So sometimes it's very important for us parents to keep in touch with our children and observe them, rather than to think that uh, we are ATMs. Sure. Yeah, these voice notes are ranging, but the emotion yeah. is one. Uh, the fact that uh, drug addiction does affect the entire family. Please comment uh, and weigh in on these uh, uh, messages. I mean, it's so sad that uh, one has to, to, to leave work around lunchtime just to go home to check if everything is still in order. And you get there, you find that your flat or your house has been opened. How do you go back to work and concentrate? Because if it's open, they've clearly stolen something. Uh, it's quite hectic. And uh, the last the, the last voice note says the dad was paying. And last uh, on the last year, he thought the son was finishing varsity, then the rehab, and he didn't know. It's things like this that will make a parent blame themselves. And you, you tend to ask yourself, where did I go wrong? And uh, it's actually not your fault as a parent that your child has got an addiction it doesn't matter what type of addiction it is but it doesn't say you've parented wrong you know as i said uh, addiction is a disease and it causes the brain to change and it starts very small one starts with uh, that one sip from there it becomes a habit and from there they, they get dependent on it uh, it might be because they are escaping from something or they're trying to hide uh, a certain pain and they just become addicted to that particular thing. So I do agree with the, with the, with the last voice note that uh, constantly the parents have to check their children. But if one, a child can do it under your, your, your nose, meaning living with you in the same room without you noticing, how much more is it difficult for you to actually know what they're doing when they're far away from you in varsity? You know, you can only hope and pray that uh, they've 
taken the teachings uh, that you've taught them and they are living right. And when it happens that they, they, they get addicted, the only thing that you can do is to be supportive and try to encourage them to, to get the help they need to get. At least that last year he went to rehab, he, he acknowledged that there is something wrong, I'm addicted, I need the assistance. You know, I'm glad that was not spoke about uh, parents not uh, knowing about the child's oh. whereabouts. What is the responsibility of a parent in making sure or even trying to protect their child from starting that uh, uh, very deadly and detrimental habit of taking drugs or even uh, helping them to stop if they've already started? Oh. I mean, if they've already started, the only thing that you can do is to encourage them to, to get the help, is to talk to them about uh, leaving the habit. And unfortunately, you can't force them. No matter how many times you say, you even threaten them to say, I will stop paying for your freeze, I will stop this and that, I will cut your allowance. That's not going to stop them from taking the substance or whatever thing that they are addicted to. The only thing that you can do is to be supportive, be there, and show them that we're here to help you uh, so that you can get the help uh, you need in order to be all right. But again, um, as I don't think there's a parent who sends their kids to school uh, and they don't check on them. I think they do. Uh, sometimes it might not be possible for them to go there every weekend, but now and then when you get the chance to go and visit the child, do do that and go and check their surroundings because sometimes it's where the child lives. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it more conducive? Uh, are they, what kind of uh, uh, associations are they keeping? It's some of the things that one has to check and to keep in con co contact with the child to say, hey, I've noticed one, two, three, can we talk about it and end, you know? But again, uh, you cannot stop any addiction uh, that one has started besides them deciding and acknowledging that I've got a problem and starting to take the steps of making sure that they, 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 they get the help they need to get. The only person you can help is yourself in making sure that you are well equipped with dealing with the situation and by also making sure that you also find the help. Because remember, in a plane, as it takes off, they will uh, give you, they, they tend to, to, to say the rules and uh, especially the rules of emergency that in case something happens, you must put on your oxygen mask first before you can help the next person, even if it's a child. Uh, put your oxygen mask first and then you can help the next person. Even with, with, with drug addiction, before you can even uh, delve into helping the next person, are you emotionally, mentally uh, okay to be able to assist? Meaning, uh, try to help yourself by finding uh, help for yourself and making sure that you are strong enough and that you're not blaming yourself to be able to assist the next person. So don't blame yourself, but do everything that is possible in your power yeah. to do. Um, this uh, message from A.T. McKinney says, it all starts from the couples making wrong choices in relationships. They get pregnant, then abandon the kids to fend for themselves. They become slaves to all types of drugs and end off in the streets. I feel for them shame. That's what uh, 
Kenny is saying. Um, maybe, uh, you know, let's go to this voice note before uh, I let you comment. But it's not only the addiction among the youth. They are also spreading a lot of diseases such as HIV. Because what they do, they do what they call Bluetoothing. They buy one uh, jab, then the one of the, 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 the addicts will take the full dose. So the other ones will draw blood from that person with the syringe. Then they share the blood amongst themselves. So you see that's how some of these diseases such as HIV are spreading now. It's not just the addiction there, Elisa from Brixton. What? I've never heard of this Bluetooth thing and it sounds so scary it sounds so mm. scary coach matawe the blue ticking thing has been around for quite some time now uh using of the needles and and exchanging those needles yeah it, it's been around for quite some time especially uh being used by they normally use it uh a lot and uh as you mentioned it really affects the family because uh, as a family, firstly, besides worrying about uh, the finances in the home, the, the, the abuse, you also worry about your safety and well-being because you don't know if the next hour uh, there's going to be a monster in the house. You know, uh, you, you are on your guard. Like, uh, the next minute there might just be a monster behaving in a certain way and the next minute that monster is gone and uh, the person doesn't know what they've done. So it's also about the safety and the well-being of the family. Uh, when someone gets addicted, it literally tears the whole family apart. Let me, for an example, give uh, an example in a family where let's say there is several kids and one of the children is addicted, you find that the attention of the parent or the parent is on this addicted child because they want so much to help this particular child uh, and so that the child is also in line like the others. As a result, others feel neglected because now the whole attention goes to who? It goes to the one who's addicted. As a result, it might even create some resentment because now you're giving somebody uh, who's addicted all the attention. They might even feel uh, they don't deserve the attention because, I mean, they, they are addicted now. And other kids might retaliate by, okay, how do I actually around to get the attention of the parents they might do the same meaning they might get themselves hooked on something else so that the attention can, can be redirected to themselves or they can either do something else that says look at me now forget about that one so it's that that you know it tears the family apart so it, it's quite something else man it, it just strains the relationship mm. Oh, we've got uh, more voice notes here that we are listening to. I think this inter um, uh, nationally, it should be looked at um, as something that would say, how does drugs affect the country, number one. Number two, where is, is, is it available? And number three, would be is it in businesses in families or in religion so those that are uh, in religion would then help 
the community with whatever they found in those children. And those that are in business will then also be able to share their um, findings. And then the, the businesses also should be able to. So these three sectors should be um, an ecosystem of a nation, families, business, and religion. Oh, I hear you, A-team. I really hear you. It needs to be a collective effort, right? Um, uh, please, Coach, uh, weigh in. Definitely. It, 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 is a, it needs a collective effort. But before it even goes to the country, it affects the people uh, or the family uh, of the addicts before it can even go to the neighbors, the community, and the country. And it is true. Uh, the community, the businesses... Uh, must 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 join hands together in fighting this this demon and addiction is, is quite a big a big monster that we are facing as a country as a people and uh, we definitely need to be united in fighting this but in in saying so I say you can only help those who want to be helped especially helped especially when it comes to addiction. Because you can force as many people into rehab if they have not acknowledged that I've, they've got a problem. Some of them actually defend it. Uh, you'll find someone saying, uh, no, I'm actually not addicted. Uh, you know, I just take it now and then. They don't acknowledge that I've got an addiction. And until they come to a point of acknowledging and seeking for help, even if you force them into going into a rehab, when they come back, they come back triple times or four times more addicts than they were even before they went into a rehab center. So one has to first be ready, uh, acknowledge and say, you know what, I'm ready to, to kick this habit because kicking an addiction is not easy. There are withdrawal symptoms. There are all this type of things, the physical, the mental part of it. I mean, they go quite through a lot. You know, uh, so one has to be ready to say, if I'm going to kick the addiction of alcohol, the addiction, some some people are actually addicted to sex. Uh, so you need to find that if you, you're ready to kick this addiction, what are you replacing it with? Is it a healthy habit? And if you feel the edge, what is it that you're going to do in order to make sure that you don't relapse? So one has to be ready. You know, in, in, in marriages, if uh, one of the partners is addicted to a certain thing, it's easy to get a divorce and walk away if you've tried all you can and the person is not changing. They don't even want to fix the habit. But with your children, unfortunately, you can't divorce them. You might just say, hey, I want nothing to do with you, and they can live as far away from you in the streets and end. But it doesn't mean it won't affect you. Because mentally, emotionally, it will still affect you that you have one of your kids in the street. You know? So I'm saying, yes, we need to help. Uh, if we see people and we know people that are selling the drugs, they must be reported uh, and to the police stations and all of those things. But for those who are addicted, we cannot force them into rehab. They need to be ready to keep the habit. Well, it's an individual effort as much as it is a joint effort, uh, this uh, issue yeah. of drugs. But uh, clearly, everyone is affected n uh, negatively. This A-team, yeah. uh, King St. Nazi, is saying, I'm always warning my young sister not to smoke the hubbly. 
So <laughs> I've, I've seen videos of uh, little children um, across the globe who smoke cigarettes and hablies and want alcohol. I mean, if the parents can allow such, isn't then, you know, this an, uh, a way, a gateway into children who grow up under such circumstances doing whatever and however they like? It's, it's quite interesting that uh, one of the, the A-teamers has sent that voice note. Last Friday, I was one of the speakers at a certain school in, in, in Johannesburg, and we were speaking to boys, right, at grade 8 and grade 9. Uh, while the talks were going, uh, those boys will come out uh, one by one from their inner group, and then we asked, where are you guys going? You know what was the answer? Uh, we're taking a smoke break. <laughs> this is during a, lessons. A smoke during break. During lessons. What? Uh, so the school permits I'm, smoking. I am not kidding you. And when I'm talking about smoke breaks, when they come back, you can see their eyes that they were smoking weed. Oof. I was. I was quite shocked and uh, I looked at those boys and I thought to myself wow and I, I, I think that's why the school wanted an intervention of different people to come through and speak to, to those particular learners because I, I would think they've realized there's an issue here uh, and you know as we were talking to those boys and they are not ashamed as they stand up from wherever they're sitting they're standing up with a box of uh Menchies were born and uh, holding whatever they're holding, and they say a uh, smoke break. So you can imagine during classes, uh, this is what these boys are doing. They get to go out because they feel it's time for a smoke break. Uh, and if you have a grade eight and a grade nine, who is still very much under your care? Everything that they eat, where it's on you as a parent. I think. Uh, it starts there. You need to have a conversation with, with with the child. Why do they smoke? And why do they even start smoking at that age? What led them to, to, to that smoking? Now it's uh, class hours. They decide to go out because the addiction is calling. The edge is calling and they want to go and take a smoke break. I was shocked, man. I, I think I was hurt. And these were the boys that were just speaking randomly and freely. So, I mean, one of them at some point was like, yeah, you know, lava fast, babula lavantona beitu. They think babula lavantona when we ask, babula lavantona beitu, you are a child yourself. What do you mean by that? Mm. They're proudly raising their hands to say, oh, they were even shocked. Oh, how do you even ask such a question? We've got kids. I mean, sorry, we've got kids. Because they see themselves as. Uh, we grown ups, we adults, we can wow. So I do agree with the with, with the with the A to say if you've got a child and they've just picked up a habit of smoking, just nip it at the butt there and there. Not under my roof. Hmm. It's not gonna happen. Not while you're still under my care. Yeah, but I think, you know, by the time we get to that stage where we have to tell the child that it's because we've busted them doing it and yeah. uh uh, clearly we've missed a communication opportunity. Mm, and uh, mm. for me, I feel parents need to be, like what I was saying earlier <laughs> to the spokesperson for the MEC for Cocta, I was saying you need to be proactive. 
as government. Mm. Same for parenting. Whether you're a guardian, a grandparent, if there are young people under your care, be proactive. Have these conversations with them yeah. before they try before to they engage in them. Give yeah. these young people things that will occupy their minds, you know. Um, stimulate them. Help them to look forward to, 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 to something every weekend. And, and talk to them about the dangers of drugs. Uh, have yeah. those discussions so that when someone comes to offer, even if it's just one pull of a cigarette or a sip of alcohol, that child will be mm. able to resist. Mm. Because they know the, the consequences. You've spoken to them about it. Mm. You know, yeah. True. This I agree. Yeah. So this A-teamer says, how about giving a drug addict tough love? You will hear people saying, give them tough love. And you wonder how does tough like love look like or what does it even mean? All right. Coach, this is your forte. What does mm. tough love look like? I mean, tough love is, is basically saying, uh, I'm denying you this. I'm cutting off this. I am not going to do this for you anymore, uh, you on on your own, uh, blah, blah. It's like threatening the person and taking some of the privileges that they had. Would it stop uh, the addicts from being addicted to whatever thing they are addicted to? Not really, until they decide for themselves that, you know what, uh, indeed, after you've encouraged them, you've spoken to them several times, when they see that, you know what, this thing is actually not helping, I do need the help they will then get that help. Uh, but, yeah, tough love when they're already addicted uh, might not be the solution. Solution is encouraging them uh, to get that help, trying to show them the way. Because, you know, like I said, it tempers, this addiction tempers with the, with the brain, it tempers with the mind. So when you're giving them the tough love, for them it's like, oh, okay, fuck, fuck. You, you think I won't survive, they will still be hooked on whatever they hooked on to and they don't care. Now, you said earlier when we started, Coach, uh, that you there's an incident um, that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in one of the uh, works that we do is we normally go to homes, rehabilitation centers, uh, we speak to different people, and uh, this one boy... Um, his story was that uh, he was taking a drug, and that particular drug, apparently they've got different things that they do to one's body. So the particular drug that he was taking, it will make him uh, be aroused and feel like, right now I just want to have sex. At that moment, whenever he's taken that, uh, the mother became the sexual object. The sure. mother became uh, the person who was sexually abusing. Okay, and we're talking about uh, a teenager. We're talking about a teenager here. Uh, the mother was ashamed to even tell the neighbors to to say, "Hey, uh, whenever this thing is happening or has happened, uh, he turns me into 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 a wife or whatever he turns her into." Mm. And it's quite embarrassing. And the mother was saying, uh, "She she was." embarrassed to go to go to a police station and um, open a case and say my son is raping me because that's rape my son is raping me so now this boy had seen that 
he's addicted, he needs the help, uh, and he wants to get the help, the reason he was at the rehabilitation center. Now, all those things that he was doing were coming back, and he felt the shame. Uh, and now these two people have got to reunite. He doesn't know how to look at his mother knowing the things he was doing when he was under the influence. It was breaking him even more to say, how do I go back? How do I look at my mother? I've I've crossed the line that no child should ever, ever cross. Mm. Uh, You know, it it becomes a difficult thing that now uh, therapists, uh, coaches have got to work with these two people to reconcile. How do you find it in your heart as a parent to actually forgive your child that turned you into a sexual place. That's why addiction or any abuse of any sort affects the family, either emotionally, physically, or sexually. Therefore, uh, that's why I mentioned that you tend to worry about your safety and well-being as a family because you don't know when you're going to be dealing with a monster the next minute. Oh, ay, 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 ay. this one is very sensitive. And that the impact of that, I mean, is just on the entire family, not just the yeah. mother who's the victim um, yeah. and who's ashamed to talk about it. It's also on the child, like you're saying, but the greater yeah. family. I mean, the father, how will the father feel? Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just absolutely atrocious. Now, Coach Matawi, I'm going to go to a voice note, but before I do... We've been speaking about drug addiction as if it's only something for children. But there are adults, and I was saying earlier, professionals who are taking drugs. Mm. Professionals who, mothers, fathers, who uh, drop off their kids in the morning and then stand um, <laughs> behind their cars as if they're having just you know a morning greet. But that's mm. not it. There's more that's being done. How do those secret, very clean drug addicts impact negatively on us? You know, it's just as much as it will affect uh, the grown-ups or the parents, children also feel affected. They feel emotionally and physically neglected as much as they feel unsafe. Because now, remember, when you are addicted to a certain substance, uh, you, you you tend to act out of of, 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 of of that influence, meaning the children are, are at the receiving end <laughs> of whatever addiction you are onto. So it, it, it's almost the same as how a parent would feel or a family will feel. The children will still feel emotionally and physically neglected because as the parent, you've got to be there all the time, meaning there are moments when you are not there for your children, when your children are feeling neglected. And there are moments where they actually feel unsafe because you literally are putting their lives in danger. And as a result, because of your habits, uh, children might even pick up that habit. They might just see it as, a, as the right thing to do, as, as something that they can also do to hide from whatever that is tormenting them. Because remember, uh, kids, many a times, they don't do what we say they should do. They tend to do what they see us doing as, as, as grown-ups. So it's, it's, it's 
what you do that those kids will follow. Um, it's only a, a few or those who are stronger, but not that they're stronger emotionally because if you've been in an environment where a parent was um, an addict and you turned out to be the best, uh, for at some point uh, you one has to go through counseling or therapy because they are struggling uh, in certain things in their life. And when you trace it back, it's because there was an addicted uh, parent who did certain things or the behavior that affected them. Uh, so they need to go through the forgiving of themselves that they actually carry that because sometimes they tend to t take the responsibility of a parent because now you become a child. They take over as children. Instead of being children, they become the mother or the father because you've just turned into a child after you are under the influence. Let's go to these two voice notes. Very sad. We are asking the question, how does drug addiction affect the entire family? Uh, WhatsApp number is 0614-104107. Tough love is not permanent. It has a deadline up to this time. This is my uh, I mean, uh, tough love that I'm going to give you. Deadline. Hi, Patricia. I had a daughter. She was 21, one month pregnant. She was on the tuck. I took her to the courts. I had her before a magistrate. She had a choice of going to rehab or seeing the social worker. After that, she gave birth to the baby. She came out, met up with the boyfriend and started the tuck again. You know what I did? I chucked her out with a baby and all. She said, Mommy, you can't chuck me out. I got a baby. I said, you need to stand on your own feet. You want drugs? You choose that. You know what? She found the father in Joburg two weeks later. Do you know? This child is 12 years clean. And the baby was only a year old. And she's clean today. And I can say to you, you know what? That was tough love. I hated what I did, but I did it anyway. And now she's a changed person. Oh, what a testimony. And now she's a changed yeah. person. I think that is a, a message that helps us to have hope in us. But let's tackle the, yeah. the first one. Um, Atima says there needs to be an expiry date on tough love. Mm, mm, mm. If it works, I mean, for, for, for the second Atima, the, the tough love works uh, when she said, and as she said, it was not easy for her to actually do it, but she did it because uh, she wanted to push her to do the right thing. Uh, yes, you can put a deadline, uh, but that deadline might expire if the person is not ready to change. So if you put the deadline, also make sure that as you put the deadline, you are also going to act on the consequences that you've put. You do not extend the deadline you act on the consequences. In case you don't do this by this time, this is what I will do. Because when you don't act, they will think you're bluffing. Like, uh, they'll keep putting the deadline. Mm. So put the deadline, but if the deadline is missed, then put the actions in place so that they know that you mean business and you are not going to be playing uh, hide and seek with addiction and you are not promoting it in any way. Now, the last voice note we played uh, was from an A-teamer talking about her experience with her daughter who was on tick, 
uh, when Sharia had stopped and then came back again after giving birth, back again with the boyfriend and the tick. But uh, oh. with tough love that she showed, the daughter is now, um, you know, sober for years. Oh, oh. And it, it, ha- it also has to do with, with, with the association. When you come back from rehab, what kind of environment do you find yourself in? What kind of associations do you involve yourself in? If you're going to still be in, 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 in circles that do the things that will lead you back to what you were doing before, that, 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 that's not, those are not healthy associations. If you're going to be in environments that will promote what you were doing previously, those are also not healthy environments. So I am saying somebody comes back from rehab, also as a family, whatever that we do, I, we've got to alter our, our lifestyle. I know it's going to be quite tough, but you want to be supportive to the changed person that has come back home. Meaning, uh, if on weekends we normally have uh, uh, drink sessions and whatnot, some of those things have to change to support uh, their recovery. Because when they come back, it doesn't mean they're fully recovered. The journey continues, meaning there must be measures in place that are put to make sure that it supports their recovery journey. So uh, the daughter came back from rehab and she was back with the boyfriend uh, doing kick again, meaning she went back to the environment that encouraged the habit that she was trying to kick off. Hmm. And it's very sad. It's very sad that, you know, uh, young people end up going through such, adults end up going through such, and families are affected, societies are affected. We've heard how in our um, locations, uh, the young people who are taking Yawope, boys and girls alike, um, end up breaking into people's houses, you know? So there's just too much happening. But to this A-teamer who was brave enough to give um, her daughter tough love, I say kudos to her. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the daughter looks mm. back and is thankful that the mother did what she did. And uh, she now looks at the precious gift that she has. And uh, she's thankful that she kicked off that habit because she has to be present. I agree with you. Mothering the child. Mm. And she mustn't feel too guilty and end up repeating the same thing to her child. And with that, I agree with you. Coach Matawe, um, what are your closing comments? My closing comment will be if you are a family that is affected by somebody who is uh, addicted to something, first find help for yourself as an individual also do the family counseling and do not blame yourself remember you cannot control an addictive process you can only control yourself just encourage the addict to go seek help but the main main important thing is prioritize yourself uh that will be my closing remarks and if you want to get a hold of me i am on 072-100-8930 the coaching sessions are not for free you get you pay for the session coach matawa thank you so very much for joining us and uh helping us uh, to digest this very difficult and sensitive topic. It's been such a great pleasure. Thank you so much, Patricia, and to the A-teamers, thank you.
A-teamers, it's time for us to give you some good music while we head on home. Uh, we'll be back again for the Wednesday edition of the Late Night Conversations, 10 p.m. until midnight. Great music here on SAFM, so make sure you don't change that dial between 104 to 107 nationwide. SAFM, we're leading the conversation and we're leading the music. At 3 a.m., Asanda Beta will come in. You may continue interacting with us on social media platforms at SAFM Radio. For me personally, at Patricia N. Nduli. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.